save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another fightful presentation of a post-pay-per-view post-show. And this is the post-show for AEW. You're spitting in the mic post-pay-per-view. Sure, exactly. You got to drive home the alliteration here. It's for AEW Revolution, ladies and gentlemen. It just finished right here on Leap Day 2020. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes sitting in for Sean Ross Sapp, who is on location who actually saw it live in the audience and he's he's not only there to uh, for recreative purposes he's getting all sorts of content for all of you so that we can watch and enjoy here on fightful.com fightfulselect.com uh, as well getting all sorts of stuff ready there and that's actually a really good idea if you are not subscribed to fightful select you should go do that because it's the best way to support what we do here at fightful and on top of that, you get a whole bunch of extra content, new, uh, more podcasts, Q&A shows that Sean does regularly. He's He did one recently where he answered 150 questions. If you're a Fightful Select member, you can ask as many questions as you like. Why don't you, so you can do that. You also have Sean. Um, you, yes, you have Sean. You have lots of Sean there. He has another podcast where he wraps up the weekend news as well. You have Stephen Jensen who does The Weekender covering non-WWE stuff. And then you have Alex Pawlowski with his Sour Graps recaps of the main WWE shows. But if you want the free content on the free side of things, you get Warren Hayes and Jeff Hawkins just for showing up here tonight on your Saturday to talk about AEW Revolution. Jeff, how are you? I need you to slow down so you can get your words out because you have the thoughts. And you're just speeding through all that. Also, for those of you who wish to subscribe to Fightful Select, if if we get $100,000 per month, Sean Ross Sapp has promised me a neck tattoo of Fightful. <laughs> has promised a, a tattoo for you? No, 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 no. He's going to get one. I'm not getting one. I'm oh, come on. Come I'm a grown-up. And listen, and by the way, the barrage of words that happens when you're Mr. Warren Hayes is something to behold. I get it. My brain works faster than my mouth as well. Um, but hey, you know what? We're we're here tonight to talk about AEW Revolution. It was a very interestingly hyped show. Maybe just before we get into the show itself, Jeff, we don't have much of a chance, you and I, to talk about AEW. But uh, the the hype coming into the match, uh, or to the match is, the pay-per-view itself, it was one of the better-built pay-per-views in recent memory. 
all the matches felt special. Uh, a lot of them felt hot. Uh, I was excited coming into this. I would agree. The The go-home show was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the after show where they did kind of a UFC-style countdown was also very, very well done. Um, a lot of these matches were built quite well, brick by brick. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think... It's interesting because I'm a little worried now that they've announced a pay-per-view for next month that we're we're just going we're diving head into monthly pay-per-views and we're going to lose these builds. Well, that, that 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 was always the problem with WWE is once sure. they went to monthly pay-per-views it was just okay who's next for the for the next pay-per-view okay we got two weeks let's build a feud some way as opposed to letting things simmer because we're still like for example the Omega Hangman thing. We got a nice little tease at the end of that match, mm-hmm. so this thing's gonna simmer a little more. So yeah, I'm uh, I- I'm interested in that, but I-, I just don't want them killing the golden goose and you know fifty bucks a month every month. Well, are we talking about blood and guts? Is that what we're talking yeah. about? Well, it, yeah. it's actually announced for a dynamite. It's a it's a theme. Oh, dynamite it's a dynamite. Show. Okay, my fault then. I thought it was a pay per view. No, well, I I think they announced like the date later on. There was like a second stinger for it. And that's when they announced the date, and it's going to be a dynamite. So it's like a Bash at the Beach kind of thing. Well, here we go. Mea culpa on my part. I was wrong. But that's okay. I think it's still it's still a valid concern because one of the reasons why this felt good is because you know pay per views are are spared. There there's three months between them, and that feels good. So yeah. like you said, you know, then we're not shilling out fifty dollars every month. Let things breathe, build them up hot, and then we're excited to see them and we're happy to give them money like I was today. By the way, if you guys uh, want to uh, drop us a super chat, it will be our pleasure, especially mine, to read it out, uh, read your question, comment, uh, live on air. It'll be, uh, it'll be good. And, uh, and, uh, and there you go. We already, there's one that just dropped in from Dante who says, great show, but... Can we please get all audience reaction shots out of wrestling? It's annoying. We miss spots like the Bucks kick. And it's someone reacting like I'm reacting. I don't need to be shown how I'm already feeling. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. And that's exactly why they put the crowd shots in there. This is how you're supposed to be reacting. Follow up. And And everybody, I mean, both now major companies are missing major, major shots, important shots. Mm hmm to get crowd reactions and i don't no no offense to the crowd i don't care how you're reacting and and i just want to watch the matches and react in my own way if you want to do it on a replay after the match with a crowd reaction i'm fine with that sure absolutely i i i agree with that and thank you very much dante for the uh, for the super chat so we had a we had a pre-show the buy-in this uh this this time around only one match on it, SCU versus Dark Order. He set up a quick promo earlier on where Daniels was getting all, Christopher Daniels was getting all hyped up. But the SCU guys sort of said, hey, you know what, Dan? Why don't you just stay behind on this one? His allegiance is not being very clear. But he, he was okay with that. He stayed behind. Uh, this was, it was a fine match. Nothing out of the ordinary, but definitely not bad. Kazarian is going to kill someone one day. With his uh, with his German suplexes because they always land on the side of their necks. It's ridiculous. There's a lot of great double teamwork from Uno and Grayson uh, as Frankie Kazarian is essentially Ricky Morton for the ascent for the uh, for the entirety of the match. Um, 
there's uh, drop kicks galore at some point uh, when uh, Scorpio Sky gets gets the hot tag. And the match ends with um, neither Dark Order or SCU being able to nail their finishers. And it's a back forearm by Evil Uno who allows uh, Grayson to roll up and get the win. And after the match, well, there's a beatdown because that's what Dark Order does. And Colt Cabana comes out for the save. and uh, But he gets overwhelmed, so okay. And then a cloaked figure appears, Jeff. And that cloaked figure reveals himself to be Christopher Daniels. Aha! He's the exalted one. It was him, Jeff. It was him all along. No, it wasn't. In a tracksuit? Um, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He ran He ran to the ring to save the day for all the baby faces. Look, uh, Colt Cabana on AEW. Well, you'll you might say again, but hey, it looks like uh, looks like they're gonna do something something with them this time. Um, there's you know there's I wonder if they are or if I wonder if it was just an ode to being in Chicago and they're just gonna bring them in every time they're in Chicago. You think but, so? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, since I like they, the monkey. Since flip, they can't like, get the other guy from Chicago now anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, I liked the monkey flip into the double clothesline spot mm-hmm. by Kazarian. I thought that was cool. Um, I'm actually a fan of Uno and Stu Grayson. I know this 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 gimmick ain't the best, but both they and the Beaver Boys are are great. I, <laughs> no, I do. I love the I love the Beaver Boys. They were great in PWG, former PWG Tag Team Champions. No, I'm, I'm laughing because your references are making my heart flutter. It's fine. <laughs> oh, they're Canadians, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Doing it for the hometown of Canada. Um, Colt Cabana. Um. I think he he's solid, but he's he's kind of he's gonna be in that kind of in that quagmire with with your Jimmy Havocs and your Joey Janellas, and you're not quite sure if we should take him seriously or if he's gonna be there for a comedy type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a want by some in AEW to rush him on the commentary. I don't know. I liked him in in Ring of Honor on commentary. I've kind of liked some of the stuff he did. I think he also did some new Japan stuff, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I might be sure. wrong. On yeah, that. absolutely. He's, he's not bad. If, if AEW gets a second show though, we, we have plenty of commentators. My God, we got four play by play guys mm-hmm. already there. We, I mean, we have, and Taz was quite good. I thought, and it, it's, it's just odd to see him there for a half hour and say, okay, see you later, Taz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just it's interesting. If if he signed full time, I think it's a bit of a loss for the NWA, who decided not to make him their color commentator. Um, he was good in in NWA Power. I thought. I thought. Uh, I think his character in that looks bigger than the room. I think here in these types of arena shows, it's kind of smaller mm-hmm. than than than, it, than you'd think. I mean, I think he's really. Uh, and this isn't a knock on him. It's it's just one of those things. He seems. Yeah, it, it's very. It just depends what Cole Cabana we get. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. That, I mean, there, there's the fiery babyface, awesome Cole Cabana, and there's the playing to the crowd kind of comedy wrestler Cole Cabana. And I, I'm just interested to see which one we get here. Well, if we get something close to what we got in a and NWA, that'll be cool because I think yeah. I really liked it. And and you're absolutely right. You know when uh, when they did away with uh, with the uh, the old guard in NWA, let's call it that on commentary. I was really surprised that they, that they didn't turn to him. Nothing against Stu Bennett, but Stu Bennett doesn't have an NWA feel. 
just because of his baritone and his accent. It he's good. Don't get me wrong. I like him. It's he's not he's not bad by any. You could do a lot worse than Stu Bennett. You know. Yeah, but Cabana Cabana would have fit perfectly in there. But then again, maybe that's maybe he wasn't interested in that either. Maybe he wasn't interested in playing heel anymore, which I think is what they were looking for—somebody to be a little bit more heelish sure. on that end, or even straight. Um, I, I think Colt Colt fancies himself kind of a rock on tour in terms of personality, so I think he kind of probably didn't want. I mean, look, NWA is called the straightest of any wrestling show there is, and even there's some camp in there. Mm-hmm. Um. AEW, there's there's this weird thing where they are in so much danger so many times of going a little too meta mm-hmm. for the room. Um, no, we'll, we'll just see. Well, I, I think see. as a wrestler, he brings something to this. Um, but yeah. there's also the danger he could get stuck in that quagmire of a mid card that they had. You know, he'll, he'll be on dark with you know Sean Spears. <laughs> Maybe he'll be Sean Spears' partner. You never know. Could be worse. Jake Hager, now that we're moving on to the main card, defeated Dustin Rhodes. Hager makes out with his wife to start off the match. As one should. As as one should. Uh, They brawl early on uh, to the outside and into the crowd. Dustin works on the left arm of Hager. Uh, They brawl a lot on the floor. Hager does a nice running clothesline from hell on Dustin, which really took uh, took him off his feet. Um, then there's another spot where, well, there's a lot of groundwork that happens. They, when, once they get back into the ring, some arm bars, uh, by Hager because he's an MMA guy. So he has to get that across. Um, Hager gets, goes back outside and starts taking coaching tips from his wife, I guess, where she's like coaching him. I, yeah, sure. I don't know what her expertise is. Warren, you will learn to listen to your wife on all things uh, <laughs> one day when you're married. And then uh, uh, Dustin uh, Dustin knocks, <laughs> knocks him down, and uh, he starts. Uh, she starts drawing at Dustin, tries to strike him. He blocks the strike and he kisses her. Jeff, how, making how do you sure feel, get... how do you how do you feel about babyface sexual assault? Hey, you know, especially when it you know you leave all the evidence, right? Yeah, when your face painted like that. Plus on national television, hey-o, Hager hits a Vader bomb and a, gun, a gut wrench power bomb as well. He avoids the shattered dreams but eats a code red. He reverses out of an armbar into an ankle lock. He gets shoved out. He uh, he shoves out of it, uh, uh, but Ref Aubrey is uh, is blindsided. And uh, while she's uh, she's distracted, Hager uh, knees Rhodes in the groin. And he gets the win with a triangle and puts Dustin to sleep. This was, this was, I thought it was an okay match. I thought it was, I thought it, if anything, I felt it went a little too long. I, they, I think it would have benefited from uh, shaving off easily three to four minutes. I thought it was fine. I enjoyed um, it. And, um, the, and the right man won. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I, I think Hager needed to win if they weren't writing him off because I thought he might be going to a fight camp, so I thought they might write him off with this. But, uh, yeah, I I like Dustin Rhodes in this role. I Not too much of him. He's not there weekly necessarily. Old man Rhodes, you know, working and occasionally brawling. I like Dustin brawling more than I do wrestling necessar- uh, for the most part. Uh, it looked like Hager kind of lost his wind about halfway through this match. 
uh, <laughs> kind of resting a bit on those clotheslines when you when they had the close-up of them kind of chatting with each other in the corner there. Um, but I enjoy this overall. One thing I'd like to get rid of, though, is and it's a WWE trope that they use because this is what they did in, in Dustin's matches in the WWE, is when, when they're setting up for the, uh, what is it, the, does he call it the Golden Globes? I forgot what he calls that kick when, when he Isn't hits a guy. Isn't it the Shattered Dreams? No, it's not the Shattered yeah. Dreams. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, when he yeah. sets a guy up to kick him in the nuts and the referee is stopping him from doing it. Mm-hmm. Referee should not be getting involved in, in, in from a kayfabe standpoint. Referee should not be getting involved trying to save a wrestler from himself. If a wrestler decides to get DQ'd, then it's on them to afterwards get DQ'd because it always turns into a distraction spot. And it's it's a little... It's a trope that's kind of worn itself out with me, but overall, I liked this match a lot. I, I kind of wish Dustin wasn't doing the face paint so much, too. Yeah. Um, it's a little ridiculous for a man of his age, but I say that on a night when his brother came out with a neck tattoo. Where so, <laughs> which we'll get into. Which we will definitely mm, slightly touch on, yes. We got the first announcement for AEW Blood and Guts. That's going to be happening, uh, that's going to be happening on a March edition of uh, of AEW Dynamite and there's going to be two cages, uh, two ma- excuse me, two rings surrounded by a steel cage and you know the rest apparently, Jeff. We just can't as, name it by name apparently. I don't have the copyright, but as Arne Anderson says, there's not a top to the cage. It's not a war game. <laughs> there you go. Uh and I just I loved all night and I'll I'll say this over and over again. I love Shivani all night. I love his enthusiasm. I love that he feels like He's learning anew all night. But just him looking at the corner and goes, we love blood and guts. And I, I howled. I, I actually, <laughs> like, F you, Vince. I like blood and guts. Uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to some blood and guts wrestling. Shiv- jumping ahead a little bit, but since we're talking about it, Shivani did the line when Moxley won the title. He did the line. He said, this is a great night for our sport, JR. And I was, oh, I was like, thank you so much for that. That was fantastic. JR had a couple good lines tonight too. Later when he was when he was in full on snark mode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was feeling it tonight. He wasn't taking it tonight. Yeah. Darby Allen defeated Sammy Guevara. Uh the match started as soon as Darby hit the ring. Didn't wait for his music to end or anything. Just dove right out of the ring and um, he puts the suicide in suicide dive every single time. Um he uh, so he goes right after Guevara. They brawl on the outside. Uh, Allen misses a dive as Guevara is hung up on the barricade. Uh, his foot got caught in the rope and didn't quite get the distance that he needed. Could have got scary. Wasn't so bad though. Sammy tosses the skateboard onto Allen and Guevara pulls a table out. The match hasn't started yet at this point. Uh, at this point, even Jeff. They're just they're just brawling at each other on the outside, trying to get as many spots on, and then we get Sammy doing a six thirty off the top rope onto Darby through a table that looked severe. This is not the first time I've seen Darby come up short by catching his foot on a rope. Uh, I believe it was an Evolve show in New Orleans during Mania weekend. Uh, he, he was there. They set up a chair. It was MJF, I believe sitting in a chair and, 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 and he was supposed to hit this, uh, somersault tope, I believe 
on onto the chair onto him and he comes up short and he just whacks his head on the concrete and i'm just like oh my god Ooh. it was the most sickening thing i've ever heard so, so darby you know you can almost hear in jr's voice him saying kid needs to learn how to work i'm not gonna go that far because i love his daredevil style we don't praise sammy guevara enough i think um as as flaky heel mm-hmm. of the inner circle the kid you know the brash kid in the in the gang of outlaws who's always gonna start that fight because he's just dumb. I, I love him. I love this character. I I know. I always think what could have been because I think this is supposed to be the role that uh, Flip Gordon was gonna be playing in AEW in some way, but I I don't see that this is a downgrade from that. I I love Guevara. Uh, <laughs> He tweeted, you know, you know, we, we may not have tomorrow about that 630. That 630 was insane. My question to you, are Darby and Sammy Guevara going to do a Spanish fly off the top of a cage? Well, if they do, hopefully <laughs> it's a little prettier than the one we got tonight because that one was scary. Ugly. It was frightening. Uh, uh, but, um, look, the match comes to an end uh, with, uh, with the coffin drop. He did, uh, he being Darby Allen, he did his flipping stunner, his over, uh, what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying anything. Oh, sorry. I don't know. I got, I got a weird sound. Maybe my house is haunted. That's probably it. And, uh, he, he did the, that flipping stunner thing that he, that he does. And that's really cool. Ends with the coffin drop. The right man won. Um, I, you know, it's still a talking point. I know everyone talks about it, but I, I really do think it, it, it deserves being underscored. AEW is creating their first superstar from scratch in Darby Allen. They're doing a lot of things right. He's one of the most over guys in the company. He had to win tonight. Uh, and this was a great match for him. Wasn't too long. Was all about the spots. Didn't overstay its welcome. And he walks out looking like a star, Jeff. And I like that he didn't get full revenge. I like that Hager kind of pulled out Guevara in time before the skateboard spot because mm-hmm. there's now there's now a little there's a little animosity still, and we can put a stipulation in there. I'm fine with that. James Edward Smith left left us a super chat. Thank you very much. He says, uh, "I like how cross chops are making a comeback." Also. <laughs> Also, how good was Aubrey's discus ejection? I thought it, it was so good that Ortiz bumped. That's how good it was. The Enrico Palazzo school of officiating. Uh, <laughs> I, I found it. Uh, I found it slightly ridiculous, but I'll allow it. I, I just—it's one of those things where it's like you're kind of going into business for yourself. You know, the kind of the doing the rolling on a river, doing a full 360, <laughs> and then you're out of here. It's totally Leslie Nielsen from The Naked Gun. It's it's unrepentantly stupid in, in a match that has a lot of violence to it. So it's one of those things where I'm not sure it fit at that moment. But Aubrey is such a huge overstar with that crowd that you can't help but give her that moment it's either. It's crazy. So. No, you, you have to leave that. I want to also thank Maurice for the uh, for the super chat. And Aaron's Jay's, Aaron Jay's fan as well. But I'll read your super chat once we get to that specific moment just to let you know i'm not going to forget it teaser yeah i know all right let's talk about it kenny omega and adam page retained the aew tag team championships against the young bucks my god this ruled 
there was a nice exchange between um, uh, between Nick and uh, and Kenny that uh, that ends with a fist bump. Paige and uh, and Matt have an exchange as well, and they try to uh, they they try to do the same thing at the end. They try to show some friendship, some respect, but Paige doesn't care about showing respect, and he spits on Matt. And Matt, being the absolute consummate professional, understanding the value of a good, good visual, turns towards the hard cam with the loogie right on his cheek. Takes the J- JR, had, JR had the unfortunate comment. You can see the DNA running down his face. I know, I know. Yep. And then he wiped it off. I thought, I thought it, was, it, it was perfectly played. It was absolutely perfectly played. And the crowd popped huge for it as well. I'm telling you, Adam Page, there's he can't do any wrong with the with the AEW crowd right now. Uh, Page works Matt Jackson's lower back. He works a lot uh, on Matt, which was interesting because that was a couple of weeks ago before the tag team battle royal on being the elite. Page was going around. Telling everyone, you know, if you want to beat, if you want to beat the young bucks, work on Matt's back. If you want to beat the the young bucks, you have to go after Matt. He's the he's the muscle, and he was taking his advice here. There's a great sequence of nonstop action by Nick Jackson. My God, Nick is good at what he does, and the Bucks do a great job at keeping Omega away from Paige, so that when he does get the hot tag, it is a great one. He lariats Matt down, kips up, and hits a slingshot senton to Matt onto the floor in a very, very fluid sequence. He hits his moonsault, of course, to the floor. Um, there's a little scary spot as well where Paige German suplexes Matt, and Matt has enough presence of mind to use his arms as he's flipping because he sees, he feels like he's going to land on his head, and he sort of uses his arms to make sure that he doesn't land right on, the, right on his crown. Um... Page goes for the chicken wing, but he gets reversed out as Nick hits a 450. Matt covers him, but he can't gets it done. Kenny and uh, Adam Page do the uh, you can't escape combo with Page doing the standing super uh, super shooting stars suplex super shooting star press. Excuse me, I'll get there, which I always like. And Page hits a super blockbuster suplex though. Kenny deliver delivers a V trigger. Nothing can put the Bucks away. There's a like a falling super poison Rana by Nick on Omega. And I thought Omega was dead. The whole crowd just died. Just like there was like silence all of a sudden here. Matt his is hits his uh his locomotion northern light suplexes all the way up to the ramp. They hit the Meltzer driver, they being the Bucks on page on the ramp. Um there's a super kick party on Omega that follows. Matt Jackson is calling the shots. He comes across as a douchebag at this point in the match. He's stomping on Omega. He's pulling the the kinesio tape off, and Nick sort of like brings him back to reason. But eventually, the Meltzer uh, final Meltzer, Meltzer driver is avoided as Page power bombs Nick through a table, and the combination V trigger buckshot combo can't put Nick away. Hangman hits the one-winged angel, and then the buckshot lariat, all by his lonesome, and that's that. Man, look, this match ruled. It was fantastic. There was story. There was psychology. I love this match. 
number one credit to the Young Bucks for selling Matt's back for the last three years. True. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it, it's 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 an ongoing story. I I have a slightly different opinion, and it's not that I didn't like the match. Sure. I just think the match didn't really get started until they got done with all the histrionics of, hey, they're friends. How are they going to act with each other? I think from my perspective, I would have just started this match as a good, solid match. And then the point of drama comes. Look, the the Young Bucks can take out everything on Hangman because Hangman's being the jerk here, and that's fine. But the moment they get vicious with Kenny is is kind of that drama moment where you go, oh, are they in it to win it, or are they going to be able to keep their friendship after this or whatever? You just needed that one moment. You didn't need all these moments of, you know, tags in and outs and, you know, Kenny looking kind of forlorn and, you know, and, and, and you know, Adam Page kind of instructing him to do the, that kind of thing. That that was already set up in, in the pre-build. We didn't need all that. So for me, at least, the match really didn't get going until about 10 minutes in when they had dropped all that stuff. It shocked me that this match had gone 30. I didn't realize that because it felt much shorter yeah. than that. Um, but yeah, no, this is a great, great match. Um, you know, I my favorite moment was a small moment when when I think it was Nick hit a, just a standard pile driver yeah. and went for a pin. I just went, God, you don't see those because WWE's outlawed them. And the other pile drivers that are out there are usually, you know, your your Meltzer drivers or your indie takers or or whatever, just a standard pile driver. I was like, God, I'd like to see those back again um, and mean something as opposed to just a two count. But I'll take it from where I can get it. But yeah, no, these these guys are great. Um, I like what I liked here. I mean, this is the kind of match that you like to point out to anyone who says that the young bucks don't understand psychology, you know, that they can't tell stories. They don't know how to, how to build a match. This is the kind of match where you sort of, you sort of want to put your arm around these people and say, Hey, Hey, come over here, here, look, I'm going to show you something. Yeah. I mean, my critique is my own. I think it was too much story. (laughs) Oh, I understand. I think it was, I think it was just a little bit too much story. It, it, it only needed to be sprinkled there a little bit. I didn't need they 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 put on. Well, you, <laughs> you know see, how you stuff have to have some spice and you just need a little bit. And mm-hmm. these, you know, they decided to slather the mayo on to make sure that we knew what the story they were telling. And I got the story. I just thought it was a little much. But yeah, no, this is a fantastic match. I I felt the that they needed to add in the that part of the story. They had to 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 revisit it a little bit because I feel like the new part of the story that was added tonight was that Matt Jackson had it up to here, you know? And mm-hmm. and I think they needed that to really establish the fact that Matt Jack, Matt's a hothead and he's not going to deal with anyone's bullshit tonight, especially not Adam Page. You know, like they kind of they kind of did that in the uh, if if you remember the the Long Beach show, I think it was with uh, the Young Bucks sure. versus Kenny and Coda. I think they were kind of doing the same thing where Coda wasn't really part of the crew, but Kenny was, and so they mm-hmm. kind of felt bad. And one of the one of the young bucks wanted to really go after it, and the other one didn't. So uh, it's uh, that, that's canon. So I'll, I'll take that as well. Um, I did love the twist at the end where it looked like Hangman was going to go for the buckshot lariat, and he backed off of it. And both Tony, the best thing about this is commentary didn't let that slide. Both no. Kenny, I mean both Kenny, both Excalibur and Tony jumped on that as soon as they saw it and good on them for doing that 
Adam Page, what I appreciate the most from everything in this story is how Adam Page's delivery of everything he's doing is in, it's all about subtlety. It's all about the little things. And as you watch professional wrestling, you accept the larger than life cartoonish reactions because that's how it is because you have to have the people in the nosebleed seeing, you know, that you're a pissed off and you know, you usually get things shoved down your throats in wrestling and you sort of get used to that. How refreshing is it when you see Adam Page just put in these little details, small, small things. Just like when they were, they were doing the interview on Dynamite and he started getting getting angry at JR when they were talking about, you know, he, him, he and Kenny Omega maybe not being as good at champions or just as good a tag team as the Young Bucks. And he sort of flips his title over, puts his drink on it, starts using it as a starts using it as a as a coaster. It's the little things like that that make this whole thing so damn entertaining. And just is turning is turning Adam Page into the the star that they're making him right now. They're yeah, rehabilitating I like that, him. I like that they're not going over the top with the, with the Adam Page. Yeah, that he's very upset. And you know, like if this were WWE, it'd be ob- You know, he'd start growing a goatee, and he'd start being heelish every single match <laughs> in, in the thing. I mean, it would it would be ridiculous. But but on, at the same time, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where the bad guy is kind of justified in his actions. It's it's like, look, if you spike pile drive me onto a ramp, I'm not shaking your hand after a match. You tried to break my neck. Yeah, up yours. You yeah. know that kind of thing. Um, so so I like I like that 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 he's not giving in to the the handshake and stuff, but he's not doing it in such a way where it looks like he's throwing a temper tantrum. No, so, it's yeah. it's just like because you feel he's in the right. You feel like he, yeah, you should not go and shake Matt Jackson's hand because he's been a dick all this you time. You know, maybe friends wait to go after the tag team titles until their other friends have dropped them, and that way they don't have to fight them. You know, that kind of thing. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Leave us a super chat, folks. By the way, you can uh, you can do that at any moment, and I will read your question or comment, such as Marco Dominguez's comment right here or question. Says, did anyone catch that the Bucks and Kenny looked positioned for a super kick when they waited for Paige to turn around and join them? I I didn't notice that. Yeah, I thought I did, but uh, I you know they're not gonna. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a weird thing because that would mean Paige is gonna be a baby face against the other three members of the elite, and that just. I mean, that, that's fascinating to think about. I thought maybe they turned the Bucks heel tonight. I, was I thought convinced. maybe they might because it was looking that way, especially the way they're were, they were laying in the super kicks on Kenny. I thought maybe here we go. And then Kenny's going to have to make a, a real a moral choice. dilemma because that, that's what this is all about is that, is that he's it's his more it's, it's about Kenny's moral decision, whether or not he's going to back Adam's play or he's going to go with his friends who think Adam's a jerk. Sure. And I'm 100% okay with the heel, with the with the Bucks going heel. I mean, they they worked heel for a substantial part of their independent career, so mm-hmm. it'll be I'd be okay with that. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Jace fan left us a super chat a little earlier on. A question. Does AEW women's division need a ring general? Wow. I think I tweeted that exact thing. Really? Let's see. Great minds think alike. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you the time. I, I tweeted. Ah, uh, two hours ago. AEW women's division is lacking a ring general, in my opinion. Well, there you go. Because, uh, yeah, that's the kind of question that can come to mind. When we watched uh, Nyla Rose defend, successfully defend her AEW Women's Championship against Chris Statlander, um, it was uh, it was a, it was uneven. Let's put it that way. A lot of spots. Oh, that, you're being kind. Th- there were some some spots that were rough. There was uh, th- there was a there was a nice sequence where that um, that Statlander, that Statlander had when uh, she got set up by Nyla, who wanted to do the uh, top rope uh, guillotine knee but uh statlander instead did a handstand she blowed a kiss she avoided a knee then by nyla she rolls her up nyla gets out follows up with a roundhouse kick and a ddt i kind of like that but man that her her foot slipping off the second rope for that superplex had me it had me react but for all the wrong reasons my blood ran cold for that moment uh this was um this was it, it. It was an odd match, not only because of how rough it felt, but you know, Nyla's supposed to be positioned as this this beast, right? It's in her name, the final boss. Her finisher should put anyone instantly away, but she hits it once in the match. And Statlander kicked out of it, and it took a top rope version of it, a top rope beast bomb to put Statlander away, which I thought was kind of strange. Um, your thoughts on the match, Jeff? This is a match that did not fit the body types of the people involved. It was way too, for lack of a better term, soft, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This should have been hard-hitting. This shouldn't have been choreographed. This should have been... A fight. You know, a fight. You're, you're exactly right, and this is how Nyla Rose should be doing it. Nyla Rose works way too way too wrestling for her for her for her gimmick she should be a brawler Mm -hmm. and she is not a brawler um look when aew was formed 
there were people out there they could have gotten, and they chose not to, I think, because everybody was using these veteran names, names like Nicole Savoy and Mercedes Martinez. I believe Jordan Grace was still available before going to TNA at that time. Jazz. Um, Jazz is still out there, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was used for that Casino Battle Royale. I mean, there were, there were names at Casino Battle Royale you could have brought in here. Um, there were names at the first double or the first, uh, all in that you could have brought in here. Um, you know, uh, look, Kylie Ray is, is not necessarily their fault, but she was going to be the focus of this division. And after she left, they decided to go hard on, um, Japanese style women. And I think that was a bit of a mistake to be honest with you. I, I think they were. They were hoping for that Joshi goodwill that's out there, and I, I don't think that's out there for American crowds just yet. Uh, both Statlander, I mean, Statlander's only been wrestling for three years. I, I want to see more power out of her. Yeah. She's she's 5'8". She's built like a goddess. I I, I just want her... I, want, I, I think she, she should be wrestling more... I hate to do WWE comparisons, but I, I want to see kind of more of a brawling, not necessarily Lacey Evans style, but... But more like Charlotte. Yes. You know? Something like that, yeah. as opposed to these cutesy spots and the... I mean, look, JR is properly crapped all over this alien gimmick uh, to the point where she may need to change what she's doing on TV because JR's never getting past it and he's holding a grudge, much like the... Uh, much like calling Jungle Boy uh, Jungle Jack Perry. Yeah, he needs JR to. will never get past the fact that this is an alien gimmick, and he, he just craps on it all the time, and it's also hurting her on TV. And this is a guy for years who told us that a wrestler could die and then come back alive a few months later, right? And he did that with conviction. I don't understand what his, what his problem is, quite honestly. But there's nobody on this AEW women's roster right now that you can turn to in terms of having, you know, standout matches. No, you can I have agree. good matches. I mean, Britt Baker's has, what, three years of experience as well, mm-hmm. and she wasn't doing it every night because she was going to dental school as well. Uh, you know, Big Swole, I think, has two years, maybe a little less. Um, she was in Rise when I saw her, and she was kind of being under the tutelage of Nicole Savoy, who's now in Ring of Honor because nobody ever picked her up. Um, yeah, and and you keep on going down the ring. Look, Riho's great. Uh, Sakura's... I think Sakura's the one with the most potential right now in terms of being able to do things, but that women's match on Wednesday, to me, was dreadful. No, I think you mean... I, I think I, you mean... Uh, you mean uh, um, not, not Emi Sakura. Not, not, not Emi Sakura. Um... um, um, um Sakura, or I know the name. I just can't. I know who I'm talking I'm about. I just can't think of the too. name right now. Yeah, but you know, the one who moved out here from Japan, Kendo Stick. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm blanking on the name right now. I can look it up in a second. But yeah, they they don't have. I mean, they're doing these highly choreographed, very, you know, cutesy spots here with certain people and, and things like that. And there's not really, it's not really a grappling match of sorts. And it shows when things go wrong, they go super wrong. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it, nobody can, nobody knows what to do when things go wrong. Nobody's been in there long enough to go, okay, let's slow down, grab a headlock, 
talk about this for a second and then do something else because this isn't working. Um, yeah, this match was, it, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. It just, it, 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 it felt flat to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after the tag match and they tried to get it back and look, they were going to be put in a bad position to begin with. And it was, yeah, they were, but putting these in. two, these two need to, to chop and punch each other. With their size, and and they weren't doing that. They were doing dives and handstands and other things. And I just, it, 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 I, I didn't care for it. And we were thinking of Hikaru Shida. Thank you. That's who we're thinking. Thank of. you. That's who I'm thinking of. I think she has the most potential. I think she's better than oh, yeah. uh, than the other Japanese women they've had in here. And don't forget, they also have B Priestley on their uh, on their roster, and they've they they haven't done <laughs> anything with her. Well, she's. I mean, knocked she's... two people unconscious. <laughs> it's, <laughs> one of those it's like, yeah. look, I know you want to keep Will happy over in uh, New Japan. But, uh... <laughs> Next, we had MJF defeating Cody in this grudge match. <laughs> uh, let's get into it. Let's get into let's it. Let's get on. into it. Come on, because nobody cared about this match. Nobody cared about this match. Look, I mean, once he came out with the neck tattoo. <laughs> that neck tattoo is one of the worst things in the history of stuff. What? 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 I don't know who decided this. I don't know. It's not, I know who decided it. Cody did. No, but the I fact mean, that okay, nobody no, but talked him out of it is what. Th- gets that's me. what I meant. He. I mean, he had to go to. He at the bare minimum had to go see Brandy and say, "Hey, babe." Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna I'm gonna get a tattoo. Nice. Are you gonna do something for your brother? No. Your mother? No. What are you gonna do? You know that American Nightmare logo? Yeah. I'm gonna get that done. Oh, cool. On my neck. Oh, okay. Yeah, not on your arm. Not somewhere where it's conspicuous. You are the vice president of a company. You have movie star good looks. You you have an agent. I know he has an agent where he could actually go out for auditions if you want to. Sure. Still. You you can't co- I mean you can cover that up. You're a 34 year old man. And I thought, I really thought it was a temporary tattoo. I was hoping it was a temporary tattoo. I'm like, okay, great. You know, like when when his old man came out with like Tully written on his side with a magic marker. <laughs> All right, that, you know, that wasn't bad. This is I I'm just I'm looking at this thing and I'm trying to watch this match because i love everything cody does yeah but i can't get past it you just can't get... it's 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 there and i'm like i'm seeing somebody started to go fund me to get it lasered off <laughs> and i thought about giving it to it all my friends are writing going because i thought jack gallagher was gonna get was gonna be the winner for worst ink idea because if you haven't seen his tattoos yeah, well... go go look at that it's not that bad. It's a boat. It, it's it's a is ship. he a longshoreman now? Yeah. Well, is he is he a sailor? Hey, he likes to fight. He fights like a sailor. What can I tell you? Know what what does the neck tattoo do? Neck and ta- I mean, yeah, you, the pro- and it's, we, it's not even a great neck tattoo because you no the neck tattoos. You know they they go off here. So if you're wearing a collared shirt, you don't see it. This one goes all the way up to his chin. And he'd have to be wearing a turtleneck in order to hide that. And thing. it's bright red and yes. blue. I mean, it's the most conspicuous colors. My God, God, I hope he's working us. I hope he's working us. Please tell me he's working us. 
But they tweet, tre- tweeted out the uh, courtesy of Craig Brock tattoo and Ink and Dagger tattoo, and they unlinked themselves from the tattoo thing. So that probably so they weren't getting all the crap that he, I'm just and here's how bad it was is when Jericho came out with a bandana and wrestled in the bandana the entire time. I go, he probably has a neck tattoo. Too. <laughs> they probably all went to get all elite neck tattoos together. I mean, Jericho should have looked at him and goes, look, man, I got a sleeve when I was in my mid forties. This is a bad idea. Yeah. I, I just, I couldn't get past it. I, I liked this match. MJF spray tan, a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it stained the ring a little bit. My joke was if Brandy Rhodes is wearing bad idea jeans, we've hit the trifecta. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, I mean, I liked the story of the match overall. I, I think it was a little too overbooked with like the spots with Brandy, well, with Wardlow, with, there's, I, I, I liked him kicking Arn accidentally because that sets up something for later possibly. Arn bumping, that. I, that's, that's, that's something right there. That's a story in and about itself. The see, this is this was a match that encapsulates my, the problems that I have with Cody, with the or a Cody match anyway. It should have been a brawl when it was a wrestling match, and this should have been a fight. First, okay. First and foremost, I mean, good on uh, Stephen Arnell to have shown up there. Like he had the time. His show's being canceled. It's it's fine or ending. <laughs> It's ending. Don't say it's canceled. It's ending. So he has time. I'll come over. But having all of the, you know, the extended nightmare family in tracksuits coming out and just hanging out there and then heading back. I'm like, well, this this is self-indulgent Cody. And he already has the biggest entrance in, in the company, right? He already has the most indulgent you think, one you think the sledgehammer and the throne were a bit much or is that what you're well, saying I, no but at least it had purpose at that moment you know where i'm like well he can have this moment but not every moment has to have has to be his moment we get that he's supported that's fine and then both brandy and arn hang around the ring and i'm like ah, okay and just all this stuff happening around the ring it, these are all things that have a tendency to bug me when it comes to Cody matches because I know like he can he can focus on a match in and about itself and it's going to be great. We saw it with Dustin. It's one of the best matches that we had in 2019 and there wasn't this a, this meta story happening around the story that came and 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 added an extra layer on top. And as for the match I felt there was a divide between MJF and Cody. I felt like it didn't connect emotionally, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And, and I also don't feel like both guys connected. Don't think it's as bad as we we've seen in different circumstances, different promotions. We've seen wrestlers or wrestling matches where both wrestlers seem to be wrestling entirely different matches. I'm not going that far, but there was a chasm between them both. There's something. They didn't find common ground. That's a hard K, not a CH there. Chasm, my friend. But go ahead. Chasm. <laughs> this might be your Canadian coming out, but go continue. <laughs> and um, but but the, the, you know there, that divide was there, and it didn't. I feel like the buildup was very very emotional. Got very personal. I thought the match with Wardlow did a better job 
getting us invested into the pay-per-view match than the pay-per-view match itself. I feel it was a little, and I'm very torn because I, I, I didn't dislike the match. I'm not sure I liked it either. It's the kind of thing I feel like I have to sort of sleep on it. I, I'm really torn. I feel like both guys did did their did their match, but it didn't have the the gravitas that they expected it to have. The blood was unearned. True. Yeah, that's another spot. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be another. I'm gonna be a thing. I know that, that this should have been a vicious match. This should have been okay. Cody finally gets his hands on MJF, and he's gonna and he's gonna make him pay, and he's gonna make him bleed. The bl- the blade job that MJF did to me was unearned, and 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 it really took me out of the out of that for 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 that. Thing. And then they're doing spots, yeah. And Brandy in her heels is running off the apron, doing cross bodies onto Wardlow. I'm and here's the I'm thing. with you. And here's the thing. Then I I had you know because this is essentially what I tweeted out. I said I'm I'm torn on this match, and I had people coming back to me and saying, "Well, this was an old school match, old school booking." No, 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 no. Now, this is, a, this is also a narrative that people are developing when it comes to Cody matches saying, oh, well, he wrestles his matches old school style. There is an element, I agree, but this was not an old school type of match here. No, his builds are old school. He doesn't wrestle old school. He still has his, you know, his kind of pattern that he does sure. in his matches. His structure, his structure may borrow from stuff that uh, stuff that influenced his father so on because he leans into the legacy so he will bring some of that uh, some of that territory era uh, 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 structure but it's not he doesn't pattern his matches off of them and trust me when i tell you if there was a grudge match in the territory days old school this is not what you would have got tonight folks it would have no. been much, much more of a brawl, like like Jeff just said, would have been a lot, much more of a fight. The blood would have been earned. You would have. We probably would have had a stipulation attached to it as sure. opposed to just a straight wrestling match, which yeah, it, it, it just it it fell flat to me, and that's a shame because everything he's done, the exception of the neck tattoo, is something I've supported all these weeks. I'm not going to be able to get past that ever. <laughs> He's going to have to wear something around that stupid thing. I, that is just such a in-the-moment decision, and you just go. All, all I'm thinking is, man, in college, I would have gotten like a, a band tattoo or an improv tattoo in my 20s, and I'd look <laughs> at it now, and I'd just I'd regret everything. Oh, well, he's going to be 60, and he's going to have that tattoo on his neck. Yeah, it's going to be. You know, all this skin is going to be flopping over and stuff. It's going to be he's great. Gonna be in a, he's going to be in a Denny's. He's going to be trying to look like conservative with his kids and his grandkids. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Just imagine, imagine once he gets on to, once he gets his podcast with Conrad, all the stories he's going to tell us about the tattoos and moving forward. Looking forward to his gangster rap album. <laughs> Looking forward to his, uh, just... All right. As a friend of mine tweeted, you know what? When you're that good looking and you get a neck tattoo, it's like an affront to God. <laughs> well, there you go. What also could have been an affront to the gods of pro wrestling, we got Pac versus Orange Cassidy and Pac. Oh, hold on. Him. We didn't even go over the other thing, the theme song. All right. Oh, yeah, right. We didn't talk about the theme song. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, no. <laughs> it was not a good performance. 
Especially after he got blown out of the water by by Jericho's Oof. choir. Yeah. But Pac did defeat Orange Cassidy. I loved Cassidy's pyro. It was <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, they leaned into it so fantastically. I also like that Pac traded uh, shin kicks with Cassidy. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what I like. What I like most, and it's a little, it's a, um, it's a little mischievous. The pleasure that I got out of this, and I'll tell you why. Because Pac is the purest wrestlers wrestler, uh, purest wrestling fans wrestler, right? He's the guy that you know that he's serious about what he does. He's good at everything. He's good at selling. He's a high flyer. He's strong. He can do it all. He's king super- of the cruiserweights. Yeah. Yes. And then you have Orange Cassidy, who was the king of irony wrestling, right? They're not supposed to wrestle each other. And Pac should never accept to be in the same ring as... as the, that's him luring himself to that. So for me tonight, just to have this match booked, I had an ex- quite an, a high amount of pleasure looking at my timeline and seeing that very specific people melt down about it. But seeing Pac... Trading the shin the shin kicks with Orange Cassidy, it just blew me away. It made my entire evening. I I thought if if um, if Pac is able to lighten up and understand what he's doing, I think we all should. There's a there's a moral lesson here, wrestling fans to to take here. Quick news update: Tony Khan just said Colt Cabana is now signed to AEW. So. We have that. It's now official. Um, I'm going to go and I'm going to say my favorite moment in this match was a little thing, but it's when, when Orange Cassie decides to turn it on mm-hmm. and decides to care. And the amount of joy that Tony Schiavone had infected JR as well. Because JR is still, JR is crushing. Cody on the tattoo last match, mm-hmm. which was my favorite moment of commentary, other than him bringing in the stripes Sergeant Hulka reference over the big toe. I thought that was also great. I forgot to mention that while we were talking about the match. But this is an awesome little gimmick with the ironic kicking and stuff. And then Orange Cassie kicks into full gear. And this crowd couldn't have been happier. Tony Schiavone and Excalibur and JR couldn't have been happier. I bet they were fist pumping on commentary watching that, especially Tony Schiavone. This crowd came to life at that moment. It's such a strong playing with the audience's emotions. Look that the, the pack stuff, you kind of have to, I think pack knows what he's doing. Sure. I'm, I'm not going to say that he needs to buy in or anything more of that. Cause that's what this is. It's, it's, playing with the audience's expectations and then turning it on its head. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Um, the only thing, and this is camera being too good at their job is the moment where they kind of caught uh, when, when Orange Cassie is doing the rolling around and they get the close up of him and they, they catch him smiling. And <laughs> I just went, Oh, that, that might be a bad thing in later days, but. Here it's kind of forgivable, but no. I, I when you said they made a new star in, in Darby Allen, I was thinking, dude, Orange Cassidy's there right now. Yeah, it's not a build. They did it in one night, and they, they they had to do it at this point 
you know, I, we you've seen you've seen indie matches with Orange Cassidy. You know how his gimmick works. I did too. But there's a lot of people who are who were introduced to him and did just didn't know that the sloth part of him doesn't translate into his ring work because he can go. The idea is just that he has to get to a point where he decides he's going to care. It's all up to him. Otherwise, he's just not going to put the effort in until he feels like it's time to put the effort in. And that's what the Orange Cassidy character is about. So I'm glad they did it. I think it was about time that they pulled it off. I'm glad they did it on pay-per-view. It was a good match. Our boy Mookie needs to pay for the rights to Starship's Jane. <laughs> that I mean that that song, him coming out to it is is the best on the Indies. Um, just just for pay per views, just 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 a deal. Just the, just for the pay per views. Yeah, you don't. I mean, look, I don't think Jefferson Starship's gonna hold him up for too much. The record company might, but yeah, you know. the record company might. Oh, instead of paying for neck tattoos. <laughs> Pay for the right to Jefferson Starship's Jane. Let's do this. Let's make this happen. Main event time. John Moxley defeated Chris Jericho to become the youngest AEW <laughs> champion of all time. Uh, we we touched about it a few minutes ago. The acapella group singing for Judas, singing, doing their cover of Judas, excuse me, was spectacular. It was... It was so spot on good. Actually makes me like the song now. Uh, the match started off with both guys brawling into the audience. And we get that that unhinged Jericho where he just starts throwing all sorts of stuff. He does the camera spot where he flips off the audience with the camera. He picks up a guardrail and just launches the whole thing at Moxley. And uh, and then Mox gets powerbombed through the timekeeper's table. And Mox gets busted open. Do you think it was intentional? I can't. I couldn't quite tell. the 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 blood. I mean, uh, I think it was intentional. You, do you but, do? Um, yeah, but it it didn't matter. It worked either way. No, no, because it, it was fantastic. I mean, the blood coming uh, from behind the patch it was extraordinary stuff. Uh, Santana and Ortiz are there on uh, uh, ringside as well to get some licks in, as well. Uh, Jericho stays in control for most of the match until Mox hits a flying clothesline off the top rope. Mox uh, rolls out of the walls of Jericho into a leg lock and commentary. I think it's Excalibur. Excalibur goes, it's training with Randy Couture pulls, pulls dividends. Randy Couture, <laughs> big fan of reversals of Boston crabs. <laughs> that's fantastic. I think that's what he did for one of his fights for Chuck Liddell. I think it was. Oh, uh, sure. Yep. Uh, Jake Hager makes a run in, uh, makes a run in. There's uh, there's a uh, there's a bunch of confusion. Uh, Aub- uh, referee Aubrey tosses them out, doing her 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 uh, her point at the uh, her her own little point at the WrestleMania sign moment. But there's no sign. It was kind of it, it was funny. I really liked that Ortiz bumped. That made that really made me laugh out loud. Um, so this basically goes back and forth with Mox, uh, excuse me, with Jericho being in control for most of the match. Towards the end of the match, Mox hits a, uh, avoids the Judas effect and hits a paradigm shift. And instead of going for a pin, he removes the eye patch to reveal that his eye has been good all along. 
and then hits a final paradigm shift for the win. Now, why would he wait till the very last moment to reveal that his eye was okay? That was the only part of this match that didn't work for me was them putting that over hard. It's like, he's been able to see this entire time. And he just chose to wrestle one-eyed with no peripheral vision. I guess I guess that's what makes him the lunatic fringe. So basically, so basically your new your new champion is John Moxley. He has a he has a fun little promo at the end where he's he's talking and eventually his music hits and he says, "Hang on, what the fuck?" So they turn the music immediately off so he can finish off to say that it's time to knock back Don't some Don't play whiskey. me off of the Academy Awards. Yeah, exactly. My biggest moment of my life. Um, was it time to take the belt off of Jericho? I'm not sure. I can't tell you. I, I, Business-wise, I'll, I'll say this. Business-wise, uh, Moxley has an out in his contract. I think it comes up next month or in a month and a half. So you but I don't think it. he was. I don't think he was going to leave. But I just don't know. Had had I, I just don't know if Jericho ru- had run his full course or if Moxley was the guy to take it off of him. That's the weird thing. I don't know that because it feels like. It's not that Moxley's not the hot baby face. I just don't know if he was built up to that point where, God, he has to win it right now. Mm-hmm. That's my only quibble. If we're looking I at think. the business aspect of it, if he had an out clause, like you say, maybe it's like, oh, we'll give you the title if you want to stick around. But then again, like like you mentioned, where where would he go? Go, mm-hmm. go on a tour-by-tour deal with new japan i can see him not wanting to be on tv as much but maybe you know but that's just if you're if you're like that if you don't care about television you just want to do wrestling for the love of it but but otherwise the only other thing is is jericho going on tour with with uh, fozzy because that might be he is but there are no wednesday dates so yeah like i don't i don't i don't quite get it i don't yeah I felt that there was still gas in the tank for Jericho as Le, Le Champion to draw this one out a little bit. Um, but but I don't know who they had coming up. Like, like to me, it, it looked like, well, maybe they'll build up Kenny to finally, you know. That could have been something. Get him, to, get him to a fever pitch and then have him drop it to that. But it looks like Kenny's just going to kind of be second tier doing this tag team thing for a while. And I, 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 could, see, I could see them drawing out the MJF Cody stuff a little bit, but then transition MJF into, into a territory where you could challenge uh, John Moxley for the title. Yeah. I could see that happen. Not sure. No, I think that's going to happen. I think that it has to happen. Cause that's the, I mean, he's the hottest heel right now, as opposed to going through the inner circle and building somebody up from there. It, it's just one of those things where it's kind of, you, you kind of look at it and go, yeah, it makes sense, and then you think about it for a while, and you go, "But did it?" And I, I'm I'm not sure of that. That's the only thing that's kind of nagging at me a little. I think Moxley's a fine champ. I think he deserves it. I think it's one of those things where he was going to get this title eventually to be able to, oh, to sure. stand up there. It, it's just one of those things where it's like, was was Jericho at that apex of his popularity as a champion to the point where? And was was Moxley at the apex of the of his mm-hmm. of fandom to the point where you go now's the time to do the switch? Well, that that's my only concern. I think he, I, you know, he's definitely one of the top 
three, maybe four guys. Like, I mean, on the other hand, let me let me give you the counterpoint. To that. Sure. The counterpoint to that is the Dusty Rhodes booking thing, where every guy you built up to beat Flair, you decide no, it's not quite time yet, yeah. and then you never do, and then by the time you do, it's too late. Yeah, sure. You know, he did that with Wyndham, with Luger, with Nikita Koloff, with with all those guys. Um, so I, I guess doing it too early is better than not doing it, you know, in time, but it's just, it's one of those things that in the aftermath of it, I was just trying to think of it. I was going, well, you know what? It's a, it's not the worst move in the world either way. It's just, I don't know if it was the best. And I think you and I, Jeff, are both very self-aware enough to realize that we're being nitpicky here. Yes. Yes. Because this is not a, oh, they put the title on Jinder Mahal situation here. Moxley is one of the top guys in the company. I would argue that he has maybe the second, maybe third biggest reaction of uh, of any dynamite he shows up. Oh I mean, yeah, they're not they're not putting this on a guy for you know for you know. Let's see if we can get some sort of new fan base out of this guy who absolutely stinks. Yeah. So we're gonna put a belt on him and and push him to the moon when when we when he hasn't earned it. Moxley's earned it. Yeah. Yes. And when you think about it, John Moxley right now, AEW World Champion, New Japan US Champion. We got Moxley two belts in two different promotions. He's, he's not doing interesting, bad for himself. Interesting, interesting given the New Japan AEW relationship as well, which is not... There, certain guys are on good terms, but the companies overall are not. Yeah. No, he'll be the bridge builder. It'll either be him or Mighty Skrull, right? Yeah. There you go. That was uh, AEW Revolution. I thought overall a good show. I think maybe because they they lifted expectations so high on a couple of matches that they didn't quite deliver as highly. But this Jeff, top to bottom, was a it was a good show. A solid show. I don't mind spending my money on this. Well, you shouldn't spend. You shouldn't mind spending your money on Fightful Select. You could go subscribe to that. Oh, it's the best way to support Fightful. So you head on over to FightfulSelect.com, find one of our tiers there, and you get a slew of extra content. Hey, it's on Patreon, and the new month is about to start. Like right now, we are officially, at least on the Eastern Seaboard, it's it's March first, so it's a great time to pop in and give it a shot. And you should also give Jeff Hawkins a shot on social media. Where can the people find you, Jeff? What do you got going on? Uh, you can find me quipping and, and snarking over at crap game 13. Uh, you can follow my show at shake them ropes. We just dropped an episode today talking about the week in WWE. We're part of the voices of wrestling network. Appreciate your fandom. There was nothing much going on in WWE this week. Must've been a tough show to put together. Oh, I watched that Saudi Arabia show live. Good for you. You do it so that I don't have to. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. And as for me, you, you could call my show Sour Graps, but I can't market that anymore. <laughs> it's just Alex's thing. <laughs> and you can follow me on uh, on my own YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, where I uh, drop many, many Canadianisms there as well. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Be sure to give this video a like. Subscribe to Fightful if you aren't on already. Thank you, everyone, for coming out this evening. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.